What's up, guys? My name is Will Powell, and I'm here today with my good friend and former teammate at the University of South Dakota, Kian Lagi. You know, we were former Division I athletes um, who, had, who had fantastic careers, and the problem that we're going to address today is over-identifying over with our sports as athletes. It's a problem that Kian and I both faced and had to cope with as we finished our professional careers. And it's, it's, it's something that I think plagues the sports industry as a whole, as athletes invest everything they have, they go all in on their sport. And it, I think that creates a tunnel, tunnel vision that doesn't allow them to expand out the sport and leaves them very lost when their sport comes to a, a, a halt. And so Kian, how you doing brother? Well, I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm, uh, I'm really excited to chat about this topic because I feel like, like you said, uh, at every level of sports, I think people are dealing with this in some way. And uh, I'm really excited to chat about this topic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and so, Keen, let's just get right into it and, and tell us your story about, um, you know, going from, from Division One school. You know, you were just like me, very type A, all in on the sport. You know, a lot of times we did have that tunnel vision where it's like, all I can think about is hard perform on Saturday. All I can think about is, you know, impressing my coaches. All I can think about is being that fantastic football player in the eyes of all of, all of my classmates, all of the school, right? So talk about how identifying as an athlete affected you in high school and college, and then, you know, even as you transition to your pro career. Yeah, absolutely, Will. And to take you all the way back to where that over-identification started, uh, it's all the way back to when I was in second grade, when I first started playing football. And as a kid, uh, I was probably one of the most passive kids you'd ever meet. Now, most boys are really aggressive and they're, they don't really care about authority and they're doing what they want, but I was the complete opposite. I was always making sure everybody was okay and taken care of. Uh, I was always um, the quiet one, would get picked on, I couldn't stand up for myself, and uh, always felt like I could never fully be me in a way. And when I found football, it was my outlet to finally be able to express myself in areas where I couldn't in real life. And so in third grade, when I first started playing football, you know, I came home from practice and, and my mom asked me how it went. And I was like, mom, I could hit people and not get in trouble for it. And that was it. <laughs> I, I fell in love that day, my first day of practice. And if you talk to me off the field, you think I would never play football. But then you see me on the field and you're like, this kid's a savage, right? So it was yep. my way yep. of being able to express myself. Uh, probably not the healthiest, but it was my way of being able to do it. It was my outlet. So as I grew up and got older, I realized it was something I was good at. And so if I could be really good at something, gain a lot of love from other people for doing it, and you have it as my outlet to express myself, that's the perfect combination, right? And right. so with football in America, it's the most gladiator sport there is. And people love uh, football players. They love the NFL. They look up to those people so highly. So in my mind, I'm like, wow, I can do all these things. I can express myself. I can get all this love. Why would I not try to make it to the NFL? Right. Right. And so in my mind, it's like, hey, I get all these things. Let me set my sights on that, put all my efforts into that. And because I used football, I used football as a way to express myself in areas where I couldn't, I gained an attachment to the sport. Right. And we, we talk about uh, using it as your source of confidence. So when things aren't good or when I was injured in high school or college, I felt like my whole world was crumbling down around me. 
I vividly remember a time in college when I messed my hamstring up. I just, oh man, it was just the worst feeling I've ever encountered. And like, even for camps going into college, when, when I would go to a camp to try to get a scholarship, uh, I would just lay in bed. If I didn't think I did that good that day, lay in bed that night and just toss and turn and not talk to anybody when we do team camps, right? Because I put right. so much pressure on myself to have to perform a certain way because I relied so heavily on that sport for my source of confidence, right? So whether that was going into college, uh, in college, and even after uh, making it to, to the NFL, the highest level possible, uh, there are so many different ways that uh, I use a sport as being my source of confidence, which led me to uh, lacking joy in a lot of ways throughout that time. Yeah. Yeah, you touched on a lot of things there. Um, but, you know, the, putting all of your effort, working so diligently at perfecting your craft day in, day out, and day in and day out, like we all did as athletes, um, it creates a sense of pride. And that's where that, that pride creates that identification, where if I didn't ball out on a Saturday, you know, I'll go to the party with the team after, and I can't even hold my head up. I have a hard time looking people in the eye because I'm a you know, I'm this great athlete. I'm expected to be great. And I didn't do what I needed to do on the field. So I'm lesser of a person once I, once I go into the community, once I get out off the field, because I didn't do what I needed to do on the field. And that right there is the problem in and of itself that I think damn near almost all athletes face, right? And, and, the point of the conversation today is how do we cope with it? How do we take a different perspective at who we are as athletes so that whether we have a good game or a bad game, once we get off the field, that doesn't matter per se. Who we are as human beings matters. How we perform uh, in academically, how, you know, what, what impact do we want to on, leave on the world? Those are the things that really matter, not how many touchdowns I scored, not how many three-pointers I hit in the game, right? So, um, that's really really what I want to discuss today because th this issue is something that is just so wide-ranging across sports, across ages. And, Kian, I know that you have a great, great perspective on, on how to kind of treat this thing. Oh, man, absolutely. I would say most people, a lot of people that are, that are great or have done a lot of things or, or have accomplished a lot of massive things have some element of this. Like I would argue, and now you, you touched on this a little bit before our talk, but argue that the people that are the best at what they do at the highest level possible, they experience this the most because they're the hardest on themselves and they do the absolute most to make sure that they're performing at the, the peak level possible so they can feel good about themselves. Right. Uh, and so it's interesting how that, that point of what the people at the top of their game or whatever it may be tend to be lacking the most in a lot of ways, which is why they put so much pressure on themselves to be so great. Right. So how do you find that healthy balance, though, between the pressure, you know, to be great? Because without that um, self-criticism, without that self-awareness, without striving to be the best, you know, these high caliber out athletes aren't going to be the best. If you and I didn't grind every day and put all the effort in, then we wouldn't have been all conference players for several years in a row. Um, you wouldn't have reached the, to, to, you wouldn't have reached the Kansas City Chiefs if you didn't have that type A personality, that push, 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 push. Um, but again, where's the balance at? You know, how do we shift the mindset to, to where I'm all in on the sport, but it is not who I am? Mm. I, you know, I had a conversation with my dad about this topic, man, and 
if you think about it, our whole lives, we've gained an element of our self-appreciation based off of performance, right? If we do well, that means that we're better, right? That's why it's harder for a lot of people like us to be able to sit and not do anything because we're so used to gaining our self-confidence out of doing things, right? You lift this amount in the weight room, you're going to get this result in the field. You watch this much film, you're going to get this result. So we live our lives in a place of getting our self-quality out of uh, improvement, right? Or doing X will equal Y result. So, you know, being able to come to terms, the fact that your self-quality and the, what your value you bring to the world isn't based off of what you do and based off of the amount that you do, which is probably the thing that's hardest for people is the number one thing. Uh, and I think it needs to start with the coaches. It needs to be and start the, with the parents. And, and it, like I talked about with my story, it goes all the way back to when I was in third grade. And I could, I could talk more about that, uh, about why I couldn't express myself, uh, why I was so favored into that area of, of, of football and got self-identification out of it. But really, I think the message across the board needs to be that uh, we are more than, uh, than the sport that we identify with. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And you gave a couple of examples previously, and, and, and I'll go back to an example of, for myself. After the spring game of my junior year, I had been a two-time all-conference player already, expecting to have a huge senior year. You know, spring game, prepared, had a great spring season, and came into the spring game, just wanted to have a massive game, wanted to put on a show for all the USD fans. Well, I went out there, I think I had one catch for like four yards, just completely devastated on my end. You know, even though the team played well, even though everyone was happy, I was so upset that I didn't put on a show for my family and friends that came out to watch me play. And so after the game, had a big get together with the team, blah, blah, blah. I went home and laid in my bed well, my family was there. I hadn't seen them in a couple months. My friends were there. I hadn't seen them either. And I was so upset that I didn't want to go look them in the face and enjoy the time with them because of the way I performed in a spring game, a game that didn't even matter. And thank God for my incredible dad. He came over to my house and he's like, well, what the fuck are you doing? Your family and friends are here. Like, what are you doing? You played fine. Who cares? This game doesn't matter. Like, we came here to see you, to spend time with you. And you're in here dwelling and soaking up and feeling sorry for yourself? Like, what is that? And that really woke me up that there in that moment to like, wow, okay, like, what am I doing? These people that love me are here. And, and you know, at the end of the day, as much as they love to see me do well, like, they don't care. They love me for me, regardless of how many touchdowns I have. And that was one of the big, big opening points in my life. I knew that my parents always loved me. I knew that they were going to love me regardless. But actually hearing that from my father really slapped me in the face and put things in perspective like, well, you, you're, you're not spending time with the people that matter most in your life because you're soaking up playing shitty on this, on this game again that was just a spring game. Like, get it together, man. Get it together. That, that dude, that is so powerful. You just said, especially in regard to the responsibility that your dad took to come to you and say that. And mm -hmm. I think anybody listening to this, if you are a friend or family member of somebody that is an athlete, whether they're playing at a high level or not, being able to give them praise uh, for things outside of just their sport, right? We, we tend to get to a place when we were so used to getting so much love for our sport 
uh, that we pour into that fully because we think, oh, well, we'll get more love if we continue to do well. And that leads mm-hmm. down that, that rough path of self-identification with the sport. So being able to have your dad come in there and say, hey, dude, like, we don't care how well you played, but we're here for you and we're here to w- watch you do what you're passionate about and spend time with you uh, is so, so important. And uh, I think it helps when, you know, you have family members that are giving you love and showing you attention outside of things than uh, the sport that, that you're participating in. You know, I think that's a huge problem with a lot of the kids that do have the issue of self-identifying with the sport is that uh, they have a family that is always just praising them and being around them and giving them love when they're doing well in their sport or for their sport, causing a young kid to identify with that sport. Because as a young child, well, what do we do? We seek for love and affection. And if we're getting it, through a sport then we're going to self-identify with it so it's a responsibility of the family and friends of of a child i think to constantly show praise and love for for a child outside of uh improvement or um, accomplishments within the context of sport yeah yeah i was blessed to have a, a incredible father who passed away about a year and a half ago but um yeah he, he definitely put things in perspective for me that day and you know as you touched on that, you know, a book comes to mind called The War of Art. And I believe you've read it too, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, you need, yeah. So The War of Art. And it talks about the difference between an amateur and a professional in terms of, you know, uh, the people who, you know, who the wannabes versus the actual professionals themselves. And he went on to say that the amateur over-identifies with his work or his sport. He over-identifies with it because he thinks that, because he's looking at himself in the perspective of others. Whereas instead of just taking his talents and going all in on it and, and knowing that by him going all in on it, he's, gonna, he's doing his best. The result is gonna be the result based on the amount of work he puts in. Whereas the professional doesn't over-identify with it. He, just, he says that this is my work. This is all it is. This is, I have so many other things that, of, of, of me, of, of who I am as a person, you know, the, the way that I treat my family, the way that I am in the community, um, the other things and hobbies and, 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 and things that I take on in my life. This is just work, right? And so I think that the amateur versus professional, trying to develop into the professional, understanding that this is what I do. I'm going to try to perfect this craft to the best of my ability. But once I'm done, once I step off that field, that's all gone. I'm going to go on with my day. I'm going to go on with the other things that matter in my life. Mm, that's, that's so powerful, man. Such, a, such an amazing book and such an amazing lesson. And I think one of the biggest things with being able to actually do that, with being able to actually step off the field and, and enjoy your life and not over-identify with it, you have to take the time to nurture those other areas of your life. Right? You have to take the time to nurture those relationships outside the sport. I think, you know, you know, just as well as I do, how many guys within the context of the sport uh, treated people based off of their status within the sport. They would look down upon people because they thought they were all high and mighty because they were part of a sport and they wouldn't pour into their academics because they thought the sport was what was going to get them everything they wanted in life. And they changed their life to accommodate for solely the sport. And if you don't take the time to pour into relationships uh, and pour into your school and pour into developing yourself outside of the sport, then you're not going to be able to step into that, uh, that new, uh, professional versus amateur mentality. Yeah. And that's, and that's 
something that I really, whenever I talk to a young kid or someone in college, I really, really try to harp on the idea of you need to try things outside of your sport and you need to really investigate and develop what interests you have outside of your sport. Because again, you're going to come to that rude awakening one day when that sport comes to an end. And then you're going to look at yourself and you're going to be lost and you're going to say, oh shit, like who am I? You know, that's when the, the over-identification really presents itself is when your sport comes to a halt, whether it be you just, you just get in with college and stopping, whether that be you falling short of pursuing a pro career. It doesn't matter the time. It's going to come. And if you haven't done that, that self-development and, and really look at what other areas of your life you value the most so that you can pursue those once the sport is done, I mean, again, you're going to be in for a rude awakening, something that you and I, I think, both faced as hard as really anyone oh absolutely man and honestly what will pop to my head when you were speaking right there is this whole situation with the coronavirus right it's like you have people that are high performers you have guys that are own businesses or entrepreneurs or pour into uh, their job uh, or whatever it may be and now they don't have the opportunity to do that anymore and they didn't take the time to nurture their relationships outside of that job with their family and, and friends and take the time to establish hobbies or things outside of that job or sport. And now people are sitting at home and, and they don't know what to do. And now they're trying to rekindle relationships or trying to gain different hobbies. But now it's like, it's, it's almost too late. Now you're, 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 you're frantically trying to figure things out and gain back relationships. But maybe if you would have taken the time before all this happened to do that, uh, you wouldn't be experiencing that. Right. Right. Right, so whether right. that's major events in life like this or football, I know as a society, we tend to think so in the moment that we don't think past what we're experiencing or everything that's going amazing. It's great. I'm, I'm in my sport. I'm in my prime of my sport. Or, hey, I'm, I'm in my job. I'm in the prime of my job. But there's forces outside of us that are acting upon us that could happen at any time. So mm. if you don't take the time to develop those other things in your life, you're going to end up having something like this with the coronavirus, or you're going to end up having your sport come to a, a screeching halt, whether that be through an injury or whether that be through just your time being done, or that's, that's why it's so important to pour into these other areas of your life. Right. Right. Well, you know, again, outside of sports, like that's something that I definitely dealt with co-founding podium, you know, we're uh, an international American football recruitment and media agency. And uh, we raised a significant amount of money to, at the beginning of it. And we didn't have success at first. And it really, really took a toll on my being because I was over-identifying with myself as an entrepreneur. Once I got done with football, I, 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 I took my identity in football and put my identity in business and entrepreneurship. And when I failed, um, it, it made me depressed. I wasn't sleeping. It just, it was a really stressful, not healthy time for me in my life. When I elevated out of that um, and we started to see a little bit of success, you know, obviously I felt better and, and I was able to put things in perspective about, hey, listen, things are going to go bad. Things are going to go wrong. But will you cannot ride this wave of letting what you do identify, identify who you are. Because again, it's the same as that situation, whether it's business, whether it's sports, whether it's musical theater, it doesn't matter. The over-identification over will play on your feelings if you let it. And it causes those peaks and valleys. It causes you to be extremely happy. It causes you to be extremely sad. And 
I, I don't know about you, but I can't keep, I can't sustain that because, I, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm a happy person in general. So, you know, when I get in those lows, man, they're low, they're really low. And so again, the battle is not letting yourself let you, what you do define who you are as a person. Mm, absolutely, dude. And, and you talk about those peaks and valleys and while you're riding that peak, right? That, that peak can last for five days or it can last for five years. And I think a big mm-hmm. issue people run into is that they ride that peak for too long and they think that because they're at the peak, it's never going to end. They're never going to come down, mm-hmm. right? You, you feel on top mm-hmm. of the world, right? Whether it be you performing at the highest level possible in a sport or you kicking ass in business, uh, we tend to think that whatever position we're in is going to be the position that, that lasts for the longest period of time. Right? So when, you, when you're riding that wave, you lose that ability to see reality in a lot of ways, right? right? And yet people think, hey, you know, like, I'm great. Oh, I, don't, I don't need to listen to this information. Like, I'm doing great in, sport, in my sport or I'm kicking ass in business. Like, I don't have to pay attention to what they're saying. But it's like, yeah, right. okay, you, you're, you're walking on a tightrope, bro. Like, you're walking on a tightrope. And you might be enjoying the beautiful view from up top right now, but when you get a big gust of wind, you're falling straight to the ground and it's probably going to be really bad. Like you said, you mentioned that, that really low, low, well, that's a perfect example of it. And I think the example of walking on a tightrope is what people are doing when, when they ride that way for too long and don't take the time to build relationships outside of what they're doing. Don't take the time to establish hobbies and interests outside of what, what they're doing. You're walking on a tightrope and just cause you're high right now, doesn't mean I can actually, I can say this with certainty. You will come back down. You will have that right. gust of wind. That's going to blow you off that tightrope. Right, right, right. And again, it, it comes back to, we touched on this on the last episode as well of caring too much about what other people think about you living your life based on what other people think about you and coming from a small city and, you know, from a not very populated state in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, obviously with you as well, I think it's easier to, to get more into your reputation, to worry even more about what people think to you, think of you. And that's something that plagued me in my personal growth for the first 22 years of my life because from South Dakota, went to the University of South Dakota, I, I wanted to be the best athlete. I wanted people to know me as I'm this great athlete. I'm this great student. This kid's playing football. And he's got a 3.9 GPA in finance. Wow, he's incredible. He's a good person. He's not going out and getting fucked up on the weekends. You know, and I cared so much about that status that I was afraid to step on people's toes. I was afraid to pursue things that I thought wouldn't be cool in the eyes of others. And again, that plagued me on my personal growth. That didn't actually go away or I didn't really confront that until I moved to Europe after, uh, for, my, for my pro football career after college was done because for the first time in my life, I was away from any, everyone. I didn't know anyone in the south of France or in the central of Germany. And that caused me to look inside and say, who are you, Will? Who do you want to mm. be? Because now I'm not, I'm not living my life in the eyes of all these people that are in South Dakota. I'm living my, my life based on what I want to do on who I am. And so, um, you know, along those lines, again, even rewinding between the time that I got done playing college, going to Europe, I put all my eggs in my basket going to the NFL. I was a finance degree, like I said, 3.9 GPA. I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a standout student. And 
for some reason, I didn't put any effort into thinking about what I was going to do if I didn't make the NFL, even though I knew the NFL was a long shot. I didn't care. I didn't want to listen to anyone. And then when I didn't make the NFL for those six months before I knew I was going to be able to continue playing and go to Europe, I was depressed. I was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, having people look at me like I failed. I didn't make the NFL. I'm a loser. Everything that I did up until this point was worthless. I started drinking all the time. I tried, I, I, I tried filling my life with all of these things that were just hurting me because I was trying to cover up the fact that I was so uh, depressed that I didn't make the NFL and all these people looked at me as a failure. And I don't know if you dealt with that same thing, but I'd, I'd like you to touch on that because you made it a step further. You made it to the Kansas City Chiefs. Man, there's so many nuggets right there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Number one, I think one of the most important things is being able to step out of that place with over-identification of a sport or uh, a job uh, is leaving where you're from. Like, I think mm. that's like a baseline piece for people. It's like you have to establish and understand who you really are independent of your upbringing and the people that are uh, the ones that people that I see you in a certain way, right? When you leave that, you go somewhere else, you know, for you, it was going over to Europe. For me, it was moving to Miami and then moving to Colombia. <laughs> um, we found a way to do that, right? So I think that's super, 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 super important for anybody. And it doesn't have to be at that kind of scale. You don't have to move to Europe. You don't have to move clear across the country. Maybe it's you just moving the state over or maybe moving to a different city. Uh, but leaving where you're from is one of the most powerful things you could possibly do for being able to actually establish that relationship with, with you and, and who you are. Um, yes, and, and, I, and I always recommend, like now that you know, we've experienced that and I understand, you know, uh, you know I'm, I'm super thankful for going to the University of South Dakota. It was my only Division I full-ride scholarship. My parents wanted me to go there. I had all these outside influences that were pushing me to go there. And it made sense on, on every level for me. Um, but, again, it was only 45 minutes away from where you and I grew up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, and I wasn't able to completely get away from that reputation. And so um, I recommend to everyone, now, if, if you have the opportunity, go away for college. Even if it's just four hours, that four hours is enough to where you're not going to know, you're going to know maybe two or three people at your school, but that's, that's little enough to where you're putting yourself out of your comfort zone and you're forcing yourself to, to, to really look inside and develop and, and you're meeting a, a whole wide range of new people. And I think it helps you get out of yourself a little bit, right? Yeah, for sure. And to like anybody that's younger listening to this, like that could be the mo most powerful thing for you. And, you know, Will, we talked about stunting our, our ability to uh, become who we really want to become. If we would have done it at a younger age, for me, I didn't do it because I frankly didn't have the confidence to believe in myself to earn a scholarship somewhere else. That wasn't Same. even the realm of possibility. Right. right. That's why I didn't do it. So you can do it and leave younger. You can establish who you are younger and begin to live the life you want to live sooner. Not right. a life of what other people want you to live. So any younger well, people listening to this, for sure. Well, how do you, I think one question I'd have for you is how do you develop confidence outside of your sport? Because, you know, sports are the easiest way to, 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 to get results, right? You put in this amount of effort and you typically perform this way on the field. Um, but and, and your confidence comes from doing well. It comes from catching that 60-yard touchdown. It comes from tackling that guy in the backfield or making that three-pointer or getting that dunk. So, you know, 
again, that identification comes from your performance on the field. But how can you start to build confidence outside of just how you perform on the field? I think it's, it's, it's doing other things consistently. And I mm. think inside of every athlete that is a, a high performer or that, that's, that's you know, had some kind of success uh, is the ability to learn and master any skill. It's just taking the time to do another skill or do something different. It's just like anything, right? You're, you're super confident in the context of your sport because you've done it over and over and over again. You've had repetition. And the repetition has shown you that you're good at what you do. So now that skill of learning how to master anything is put inside of you, right? Mm -hmm. It's just being able to take the step of starting something different and it's going to be hard and it's going to be scary, uh, but learning how to do something else. And the more you do it, the quicker you're going to catch on and you're going to take that skill of mastering of mastery that you've, that you've had with, with the sport and be able to apply it in other areas. But it just starts with doing something different and it's scary no matter what it is, uh, but doing it and then can doing it consistently, which is exactly how you got the confidence within your sport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going back to you know recommend uh, recommendations for young athletes or really anybody, it's just in taking the time to get again get out of your sport. Looking into music, maybe you like making beats. Looking into drawing or painting, maybe you know uh, you're the next Picasso per se. Or you know you know making sure you're doing internships during college where you're going and working in a business or you know following a doctor around um it, again like it's diversifying that identification so that when the sport comes to a halt you have other ways to place your confidence and if you can start to develop those things at a younger age ideally in high school like high school is the time to try everything just to, mm -hmm. to put your effort in things that are out of the box that you know maybe most maybe maybe you're doing an acting class you know Again, maybe you're doing a singing class. It doesn't matter what it is, but any inclination of things that you think that you may have an interest in, go for it. Stop worrying about what the fuck other people think about you and try these things. And if it works out, fantastic. If it doesn't, that's okay too. But that allows you to, to diversify that identification so that when you don't perform well on a Saturday or Sunday, you're not feeling like you're a nobody. Like you're not feeling like everyone thinks I'm shitty. Like I'm not as cool in the eyes of my friends. My, my family doesn't love you as much because they can't brag about my performance on Saturday. That is the point of diversifying everything that you do, right? 100% well, and not only from the standpoint of things outside of the sport, but doing things that challenge your belief systems, whether that be from a religious standpoint, whether that be from um, an emotional standpoint as far as the, or, or the hobbies that you'd like to do, like doing things, like you said, taking an acting class, doing things you wouldn't normally do, do things that are uncomfortable for you. When I moved to Columbia, I, I took dance classes. Dancing makes me anxious as shit every time I do it, right? <laughs> it does. It, it really does. And I still do it because it, it helps develop the other side of me uh, that exposes me to other things. So do things you wouldn't normally do, not things that are just comfortable for you, but challenge your belief systems in every single way. That's why you move somewhere else. That's why you surround yourself with other people that are different than you. So you can learn what you actually like. Because if you, you might go somewhere else, but remember the, the concept of wherever you go, there you are. 
Like if you don't surround yourself with other people or people that challenge you uh, to be a different person, then that's what living is. Like living is, is trying different things that, that you wouldn't normally do and seeing what you like and what you don't like. And you know, you can't really say you don't like something. You've never tried it or do something. And now that has may have its limits and boundaries in some way, but, but do things that challenge your belief systems. And then, you know what, if you don't like it, that's great. That's great. But at least you know what you really like. You're not liking things just based off of what other people have told you that, that you should like or what your family believes in or what your friends believe in. Yes. Yes. Right. 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 Um, and I think it really helps to define yourself, like write a personal statement out on, on like, you know, what you want to accomplish in your life, who you are, what defines you, what, what do you want to set yourself up for the future? Like really defining your core values, I think is so important to keeping that perspective as well. Like, for example, I am a kind human being. I am a diligent worker. Uh, I am a great son and brother or sister. I believe in God and I want to share his truths. Um, I believe in nature and the universe. And it is my goal to keep them as healthy and clean as possible. I love my fellow human being. I'm going to do whatever I can to put a smile on other people's faces each and every day. Putting those things on paper and developing your own personal statement for life, I also think is a great remedy for, for attacking this over-identification. Just making sure that, again, this is who I am as a human separating this is who I am as a, a human and this is who I am as an athlete. They're not one and the same. And the more that you can, you can put that on paper and make clear what's important to you and your life, the more it's going to be easier to not over identify with what you do. For sure. A hundred percent. Well, I, I, I love that. And then just to add one last piece to that, I think sometimes it's, it's just looking at our lives and saying, you know, I'm here for, for such a small speck of time and, and I'm floating mm. on a planet through the universe that's and a planet that's spinning, uh, that <laughs> has so many different diverse animals and plants. And sometimes it's not that serious. Right. You know, I just, like, look, just, just taking that. Like, I have to do that sometimes. I just take that like look from the way outside, like, wow, I'm on a spinning planet right now in a small speck of time like does this really matter that much right now and you know that's not nice. a real long-term solution but it can be great in the moment when you're freaking out judging yourself because of the performance that you had right right so right. the combination right. of all that stuff man i think is is phenomenal well and you know you're 100%, you're so, so right on that, Kian, because when I was in Miami with you a couple of weeks ago, going to the beach in the morning before the sun actually rises, and then you sit there and you watch the sunrise, and you just sit there in awe and say, wow, it does put things in perspective as far as what's important in your life. When I sat on that beach with you one morning, without you another morning, and you're just watching this, this beauty this perfectness like this is what we're living in this is the universe this is god like yeah. being able to do that in the morning and like it just set the tone for the day and put things in perspective it made me realize like this grand scheme of life is way bigger than the small problems that i'm dealing with 
on, on a normal basis. Like you said, don't take yourself so seriously. When I, when I got all of this magnificent, all of these magnificent miracles happening each and every day, the miracle of even just the sun rising and the sun setting and being able to see that for everything that it's worth, like I, I couldn't agree with you more, Kian. So beautiful, man. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And just to give, just to, to give people a perspective, I've been looking um, for a personal, personal mission statement that I wrote a couple of years ago. And this, this is what I put down as a personal mission statement to inspire others to vigorously pursue their passions and stay persistent on their journey to become the best version of themselves by pursuing my, my, my best self physically, mentally, spiritually, and having the courage to be vulnerable to share my light to the world. Mm. And again, writing things down like this helps set the tone so that when you wake up in the morning, you can go back to this and say, okay, this is, this is Will Powell. This is what I have come down to and agreed to, to define myself. And everything that I do during the day needs to be based on what this mission statement is. Even if I don't want to go work out, even if I don't want to share a thought, or even if I'm self-confident or I'm not self-confident in what I'm putting out there, go for it and go all in on it. But that work and the effort that you produce is not who you are. That work and the effort, a lot of times if we're going to get spiritual, when we're really great at things, when we have talent, when we have ambitions, those talents are given to you by God. That ambition comes deep from within your self-conscious of, of trying to perform something that outside of yourself that's greater than yourself. And if we can tap, in, tap into that and keep that perspective of, hey, I'm just, I'm just the vessel. I'm just taking what's been given to me and, and giving it to the world. And I think when you can understand that, that puts you in a place to not over-identify because you're saying, hey, listen, I'm giving it all that I can. I'm a vessel to transmit these gifts that I've been given and these ideas and these thoughts and these ambitions, but I am just a vessel at the end of the day in this grand scheme of life and life is beautiful, right? Mic drop. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So... Do you have any other um, thing, ideas, thoughts, things you want to get out before we come to a close here, Key? Man, I think, I, think that's, I think that's perfect. I think, you know, talking about a lot of the technical stuff, as far as you said, creating that manifesto for yourself and creating ways that you want to live by, uh, being able to take the attributes that you learned in the sport, learning how to master something and taking it to other areas of your life by just taking the first step and continually taking another step another step, another step into different directions and using those attributes. Um, and at the end of the day, coming back to the concept of, you know, we're just floating on a ball of mass through the universe. Uh, and there's something, there's something so much more that's happening at play than our issues and problems that are happening in front of us. So the healthy, the healthy combination of, of creating that, a life that you desire and taking action towards different areas of life as well as allowing um, life to happen in front of you and having massive appreciation for it. I think the combination of those two things, man, is, is what it's all about. 
Absolutely. And, and obviously everything that we talked about is way easier said than done. Um, we're just speaking out of past experience and, 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 and speaking from a place of, of us overcoming that to an extent. I'm still not, I'm, I'm still not completely over what we talked about today. I want to be clear on that. I still I over, over identify as an entrepreneur and a businessman and as a coach, but it's, it's, it's a daily thing that I invest time in trying to overcome and be aware of. And that's all we're trying to do today is, is help share our perspectives on how we've, we treat and deal with these things. Um, in an effort to, um, to help others and, and, and help others not, go through the same problems that you and I face in the past. Um, so that's a wrap for this episode. Guys, Keen is one of my best friends in the world and we're going to keep talking as regularly as possible. So any ideas, thoughts, or anything, topics that you guys would specifically like us to talk about, please hit us on social media or um, probably Instagram is probably the easiest way to just direct message us and tell us what you would like to hear. But that's it, Keen. Thank you so much for being with me today. I love you, man. And uh, I look forward to talking to you soon. Absolutely, bro. I love you too, Will. All right, brother. Take care. Talk soon. Sounds good, brother. All right. Bye. Peace out, everybody. Ciao. And please, people, please don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you enjoyed the content today. Your subscriptions are going to help fuel this channel for the future. And we greatly, greatly appreciate your support.